0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vox Podcast. Here today we have much to celebrate. Number one, we are recording on Tim Stafford's birthday. Tim Stafford, hey you yo. can see his face. Uh, it's really ragged. The hair is <laughs> ragged. And and you can tell he was up way too late last night and up way too early today. It is uh, true. Um, what What were you doing to celebrate, Timothy?
1: Well, last night we rented a... We found out that you can rent private movie th- like the movie theaters you can rent a private screen f- and just for the people that you bring so we had a few folks over to the theater one of those ones that serves drinks and food and we watched beetlejuice and that and and you got home about what time my friend well we got home around ten thirty or 11 but went to bed around yeah 1. just the
0: excitement the excitement yeah. of the night was such just the
1: birthday the birthday jitters.
0: Yes. Birthday electricity. Exactly. Exactly. So uh the best gift uh that that the Eeries could give Tim Stafford is Seth Eerie
1: singing happy birthday. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which it was. It was great. So it was that was one of the first things I heard this morning. That
0: happened early. Um and uh so that's that's celebration number 1. Celebration number 2 is that I have um I've I've had the gift of a virus that mimics the COVID symptoms. Awesome. Yes. So I've been sleeping 12 or 13 hours a day, which... Oh, that's amazing. No. Nope. No. Nope. It's like... And it's not enough. I mean, that's the Ooh. that's the killer. And I've got some chest thing. So I've been tested. I'm negative. I'm negative for so many things. But uh-huh. one of the greatest things I'm negative for is the COVID. Yeah. But I have got just raspy voice and scattered thoughts. And so that's just my disclaimer. If, if this whole thing sucks...
1: I've got my second shot coming up.
0: Yeah, I haven't even got my first. I'm a, I'm a fat guy too. How come I'm not? How come you young skinny guys are getting the shots first? That's what I'm I want to know. An educator. Know. Oh well, yeah. Okay.
1: They offered they offered me like four different avenues to get it, and I even waited a little bit because I felt bad. There's no need so to I be just cocky. Didn't, I didn't book it right away.
0: <laughs> There's no need for you to be cocky about this. My goodness. Um. All right. I want to thank Kathleen and Lindsey for coming on the Patreon team this week. That is amazing. And we're just always so sticky grateful for people that uh, choose to invest and participate with us in that way. Thank you. And if you want to join us, page, go to patreon.com, Vox Podcast with Mike Geary, or you can go to voxpodcast.com. And um, and there's a link for Tithely, which is kind of a one-time Gift, Although I think you can repeat there, and then Patreon too. Um, and then I need to give an Ellen update. Two episodes ago, <laughs> our sister from Minnesota um, wrote in a great email, tons of great points and questions. We responded and then had promised to give her the last word. And I asked Ellen if she would do that in a paragraph. What I got from <laughs> Ellen, which is, which is total... Um, which is amazing, is a, uh, uh, an email that had 10 paragraphs and three individual sentences, time-stamped um, with links to another document that had five paragraphs and then a follow-up email with two paragraphs. Mm-hmm. So first of all, Ellen, I totally, totally love... Uh, this is how much thought you put into it. I have no idea how to summarize... Um, except that she, uh, kind of opened the email by saying, Hey, you guys said I was really articulate. I must not have been because you missed my point completely. So, <laughs> so then <laughs> she said, I got hijacked by the American Israel, um, connection. And so I started yeah. thinking that was, she, w- w- what was saying? And I was unduly harsh towards a book I've never read. And, um, and, uh, and so, so she wanted to not have the last word, but to continue to engage in conversation. Um, and she did, she totally clarified some things she was thinking. So I don't know how to do that just yet, but I wanted, uh, kind of, um, at least give an update on, yeah. uh, <laughs> on that. I love, I mean, I love it. It was time stamped with episode, <laughs> the th- points we were making. That's right. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. So, Ellen, <laughs> kudos to you. Uh, we'll figure out a way to continue this somehow because you raise, again excellent, excellent points. But I think the big one was I just totally misrepresented her line of thinking completely. So, yeah, um, which I absolutely am capable of. So, um, accepting that we will, uh, because I think the 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 questions around. How we engage with the state are so important. How we engage publicly and politically are so important. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna be around these questions for a while. Tim, however, uh, is troubled, <laughs> and um, not shockingly, even on his birthday, Tim is troubled. Uh, Tim, uh, share with us what troubles your
1: heart this time. Tim's trouble time. Well, it's got spurred on by. Um... <clears throat> There's that pastor that I've mentioned, not by name, in the area, here, and I saw him. He likes to get on. He's trying to. I think he's trying to become a viral, um, like bi- like mega pastor. His church is pretty big, so he may already be qualified as that. But he's trying to become like a viral presence. So he's always on Instagram doing these rants. And he's got a gym in his house. So he's always doing his rants in his gym. And he, um, he was. Trying to rally churches to boycott Nike um, because of that little Lil Nas X controversy that's going... Making the Satan rounds Shoes, right now. is that what it is? The Satan Shoes, yeah. <clears throat> so Lil Nas X in our house was a big deal last year, Old Town Road. Oh, um, yeah. Our yeah. kids, like, it was nonstop, just... My son is like the first song that he learned every single word to and he would just sit in the back of the car and, and rap along with Billy Ray Cyrus, which I have to say is not something I ever anticipated or looked forward to <laughs> when thinking about parenting, um, I, which is a side conversation. I don't understand how Billy Ray Cyrus, he had one song in like 1992,
0: maybe. I don't even know. Is that Achy Breaky? guy's still cruising.
1: Yeah. Achy Breaky Heart. <clears throat> Dude's still cruising along this somehow. Anyway. Lil Nas X, uh, you know, he came out last year, and, um, you know, he's he's black, young, gay, and he uh, made a song, his new video, where he gives lap dances to the devil, and it's got a lot of devil imagery, and then he made those Nikes that have, like, a hell theme and maybe have human blood in them or something like that. Obviously, you know, it's a kid that has been ostracized and told he's going to hell, his entire life for by
0: his by his own accounting.
1: Yeah. It makes a, a heavy satire <laughs> uh music video and song just saying like okay, you this is what you've told me my whole life and turns it on its head and the church predictably lost its ever loving mind. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just been going bananas on this and it's like it's so i it's so sad to be so predictable. But not 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 real big troubles but i thought it was um watching the pastors just like this became their new this was their new thing this week that they were just like you know pulling up their sleeves and they're getting ready to do god's work and make sure that this little hip-hop guy or whatever is um he's literally or canceled yeah
0: oh yeah you tell somebody long enough they belong in hell don't be shocked when they embrace that.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Or react in any way possible.
0: Yeah. Well, I just, you know, Tim, we've talked about, or you've talked about, your tendency to kind of load up on uh, on those people uh, watching those sorts of things as kind of a fuel for, I don't know, something.
1: Nothing good.
0: So maybe, you know, maybe we can just drop this guy and bless him and, you know yeah not Nas, but your pastor guy yeah Um, i
1: I mean i i don't even follow him but now that i've watched his videos enough time they pop up as suggested things on instagram oh yeah that's no good
0: so we're troubled we're troubled not by the satan shoes we're troubled instead by uh the church's predictable response i love a
1: good pair of nikes
0: hey we survived the passion of the Christ. That was the big one when I was in college. (laughs) Um, and that was going to shut the church down. That was like, and then there were Teletubbies and then Amy Grant went secular. We had to protest that. And I think Sandy Patty had an affair. I don't even remember who Sandy Patty is. I just love the name (laughs) Sandy Patty. It's a good name. Yeah. Anakin wouldn't like it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Whoa, That's a deep cut <laughs> deep, deep Star Wars reference right there um <clears throat> so <laughs> hold on, hold on, Tim. Let me call my daughter. She is leaving, and our dog um it's just I got a parent right now, okay, me do you? you can keep this in uh if you want. That's just fine. But there's some parenting that needs to take place. And and doggone it. Um we're gonna Dog on it, literally. Hello. Hey Hannah, first of all, you're on the podcast. Uh secondly, tell us tell <laughs> us about your date last night. Oh wow. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Okay, so Hannah's first date <laughs> what official date was last night. Secondly, secondly, Hannah. Arlo, the, the leash on Arlo is way too long. He should not be able to reach the sidewalk. All right. Um. Oh, he'll get his tiny little booty <laughs> dealt with by larger dogs. Yeah, he's cannot
1: go on the street.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we may want to shorten that sucker up. All right, baby? Kay. I I love you. Did Did he get you flowers? He did. Oh. And he's super, and he's super handsome. I mean, like, legit dad handsome. Isn't that what you said? He's handsome just like my dad is handsome. Uh, Yeah, that's exactly what
1: I said.
0: (laughs) Love you. (laughs) All right, we're shortening the leash. Uh, We have a puppy, a Cavapoo, which is an Ewok, essentially. And um, he does not, he is unaware of his own size, and so he takes up the barking mantle often against uh, dogs much larger. So anyway, all that is to we'll say we're s- troubled. Small man syndrome? Yes. Know what we call that? Yes. Yes, that is totally right. <clears throat> He's incredibly cute, but um, a pit bull would, would take him in one gulp. You know what I'm saying? I <laughs> mean, pit bull. All right. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to spend a little time today talking about some stuff that sat in the background of last episode tim our uh, stalwart co-host and producer has been raising questions like crazy so so tim uh and i both spent a lot of time wondering if the christian story that we were handed is is the correct telling of the christian story and when it comes to the heaven and hell aspects of the story and its emphasis on individual salvation, and we hint at this stuff all the time. And so I thought, well, let's let's do a little work here, Timothy, and yeah. uh, and see what happens. All right. So so the the biblical story I heard was was very simple. You could, you can diagram it on napkins. I saw it actually on the back of a truck when I was commuting to Tennessee. That's helpful. It was so you're approaching a truck and there's this big arrow. And it's like you're in and like standing and then there's an arrow that branches. Right. It, and one goes to heaven and one goes to hell. And then in the middle of the the branch, you know, is the phrase like, you know, there's only one name given under heaven by which men can be saved. Um and that's the name Jesus. And so You know, And this is the classic story that that you and I kind of live our individual lives. We do good. We do bad. Um, We're sinners, ultimately, no matter how much good we do. And that uh, there is judgment coming. And that judgment can be variously construed on, do you believe the right things about Jesus? Or have you lived the right ways? Or have you belonged to the right church? But there's a judgment. And and the result of that judgment is uh, an assigning... To either heaven, which is some ethereal place in the clouds in the sky where there are streets of gold and crowns, or to hell, <laughs> and, and that's where the devil tortures people for eternity. And, um, and then the judgment bit is literally, it's like a videotape in front of the billions of humans that have ever existed. It's a videotape where it's like a YouTube review of Mike Erie's life. Right. And all of the ways I, I blew it. I should have done something and I didn't. I shouldn't have done something and I did. <clears throat> and, you know, that's going to take an eternity right there just to go through that <laughs> tape. Season so one. what I have to do as an individual is to believe and receive. Believe that Jesus died for me. Receive Turn him or into it my heart. Yeah, there it is. We have lots of good rhyming cliches. Get right or get left. It's my favorite. <laughs> and um, and that for, for one generation at least, that judgment will come prior to when they die. That Jesus, that there's this Antichrist and this tribulation and there are plagues on the earth and a remnant that comes to faith and their rapture, I mean, all this crazy stuff. So that is the traditional uh telling of the story. And the only problem with that story is the Bible. That is... <laughs> That is the that is not the story the Bible turns out to be telling. But it's taken me years like to really realize on firm theological grounding that's not the story the Bible's telling. Yeah. Not even remotely. And um, I mean, I mean, just to take I, I don't ever see in any of the speeches in the book of Acts um hell being used, or even in Jesus, hell being used as an incentive to believe if you weren't a believer. I yeah. see I see hell used as a consequence of God's people rejecting God's way. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to talk about hell not this episode but next but just automatically we we've we've missed the plot entirely when hell becomes a central part of the story because it's not a central feature of the biblical story. Right. So the first thing we want to establish that is wrong with the classic story. Is that uh, the biblical story is not a story about heaven and hell? It's a story about heaven and earth. Hmm. The Bible begins by God created the heavens and the earth, and the story, the entire Old Testament story, is about the story of heaven and earth. Yeah. Um. And, and it's and it's so, it's so pervasive. It's just it's easy to miss, but it's all about a promised land um, on the earth. And about God, and, and so so the the biblical story, heaven and hell are never mentioned in the same sentence. Hmm. They're never counterparts ever. The counterpart to heaven is earth always. That is the biblical story. So the story starts with the creation of heaven and earth, and then there's this there's there's this in Genesis three through eleven. There's this like rupture between heaven and earth and and you know i've always construed it as like the fall but i think that's right. too narrow like cuz that's like humans became sinful well it's no and it's a it's a bigger deal than that creation itself became enslaved to powers and principalities that were unleashed by human rebellion but um but human rebellion is far bigger than just hey i lust Um, and I, you know, I, I want more money than I need or whatever it is. Right. Um, so there's this rupture that happens between heaven and earth where heaven and earth still overlap in in the Genesis one and two part of the story, heaven and earth overlap in Eden. Right. It's this beautiful picture, God walking intimately with his people, God dwelling with them, heaven and earth were to be like. Earth was to be this temple of the God of the heavens, and at the center of the temple was this garden. The center of the garden were these image bearers with whom God would walk and dwell among, right? Incredible picture. Now there's this rupture where God is still everywhere, but now the Bible starts talking about heaven as God's space and earth as our space. Instead of earth being the place where God's will is done, earth is the place where other wills are done. Yeah. And now now intimacy with God has to be mediated. Right? <clears throat> and sometimes it's encountered directly, like a burning bush. Uh, but now there are altars, and now there and and, and then of course over time there are developed priests and the tabernacle and a most holy place that is to represent what Eden was to be, and then a, a temple, the inner the holy of holies that represented what Eden was supposed to be. So heaven and earth still overlap. But they're they're spoken of as two as two different realms of authority. They overlap like crazy, right? The heavens aren't just up somewhere; they're all around us. But yeah. it's got, but it's it's spoken of as God's place, and the earth. I mean, the psalmist says, "The highest heavens belong to you, Lord, but the earth you've given to man." And and even Jesus, when he talks about, you know, praying God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? He's acknowledging there's this rupture that now exists. Yeah. The biblical story ends with the reunification of heaven and earth. Um, and so when you read Revelation 21 and 22, it's about, it, it blatantly says, and God will create a new heavens and a new earth. And and the, and the city of Jerusalem comes down out of heaven dressed like a bride to the earth, right? And then there's this picture that was hinted at in the garden, but now is fulfilled in a city of the reunification, the overlapping of heaven and earth to the point where we don't need celestial lights anymore. To the point where like, like human beings are living on earth in resurrected bodies, fulfilling their original vocation that they were given in the right. garden. So the story the story and and this is the biggest most central point I want to make in this episode. The story isn't about heaven and hell. The story is about heaven and earth. About the creation of heaven and earth, the rupture between heaven and earth and the reunification of heaven and earth. All right, now we're going to get into texts galore. galore. To talk about this. But just read Genesis 1 and 2 alongside Revelation 21 and 22.
1: Yeah, galore. It's funny that those are those have been in the Bible the, most of this time, but we've <clears> uh, grew up with that weird, like, <clears throat> Looney Tunes image of heaven on the cloud with the harp and the totally. white robes, and then totally, totally—that's <laughs> how most people picture it.
0: Absolutely, and um, and one of the things that that you know is the is so striking um, is when we talk about new heavens and new earth. There are two different Greek words for new. There's uh, neos, which is new in time or young. All right? So something brand new into the world, the word is neos. Kainos means something that has existed before, but there's a new quality to it. Hmm. All right? When the Bible speaks of new creation, the word is kainos, meaning God isn't making all new things. He's making all things new. That is a totally he's different picture. He's not making picture.
1: all new things. He's making all things new.
0: Correct. That's a so, bumper sticker. That's a bumper sticker, baby. <laughs> and this has been the gift of NT Wright among others in re-emphasizing the fact that the hope of the Bible isn't salvation to heaven. The hope of the scriptures is new creation.
1: That's such a huge statement. It's
0: huge and it's such a huge shift. Yes. Because you know, I was taught, and we're going to talk about all this. This is if if Tim likes this train of thought, we're going to do three episodes on it. Um, um, <laughs> that that I was taught the earth is going to burn, so we don't have to care yes. about it. Yep. The people of God, the direction of God's work is pulling people out of Earth yes. into heaven, not not heaven coming to Earth. And yep, us—the only
1: hell we'll ever know, right? Right. Yes.
0: Exactly. Um, and so, and, and heaven and hell being eternal destinies that start once you die. Yes. And all of those turn out to be not to not be completely true. Now there are parts of the old story that are true and accurate, right? Jesus does do something with sin. He does something about sin, and he does it as a representative, uh, in a in a way that Adam was a representative too. That's true. And wrath is a real thing in the Bible, but wrath isn't the arbitrary fickleness of God against petty sin. Yeah. Wrath is what happens when sin enters the world. Sin and wrath go together. Go together like calories and weight gain. Uh, wrath is the <laughs> inevitable result of
1: <laughs> shut up. That might be the pull quote for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> wrath and sin go together like calories and a weight gain.
0: Yes. Wrath wrath doesn't seem to be that this mostly doesn't seem to be this extrinsic thing that God's up there just pissed. Uh yeah. and he's got the smite button, you know.
1: That's such a big thing too. Our and our yeah our understanding of what sin is or our definition of sin seems to be Yeah,
0: we're gonna that's the episode okay. number three. Okay. Because sin in the Bible isn't a failure of personal morality. Yeah. Now, it, now it can be that. But it, primarily in the Bible, it's the failure of humans to take up their original vocation. Yeah. So the human Amen. project has failed. God created humans with a specific vocation and we have failed. And the word for that is sin. All right? and And so it's bigger than just a fickle God Saying, "Oh my goodness, you masturbated when you were twelve and liked it," right? Oh, flames for you, baby. Yeah. Um, uh, no, this is this is. It's so much more cosmic and it's much bigger. So, so, uh, big point number one: the story is about the the creation of heaven and earth, the rupture between heaven and earth, and then the reunification of heaven and earth, yeah. right? And the big points to take is that hell isn't central to the story. Hell isn't mentioned on page one. Hell isn't mentioned on page two. We read about Sheol in the Old Testament, but like we've said even last episode, right? The Old Testament doesn't end with, hey, how are we going to get these humans out of hell? Right. The the, the Old Testament ends with a vocational question. How is God going to rescue humanity now that his chosen agents, Israel, have now become part of the
1: problem? Yeah.
0: So he sends Sounds one. Sounds relevant. Oh, totally. <laughs> and again, it's picked up. I mean, oh, okay. So, so I mean, there's so many different ways to go. I'm, I'm so excited that even my, um, even my, cough has abated. So this is very exciting. <laughs> so the the Bible begins creation of heaven and earth. Hell is it mentioned? The Bible ends creation of heaven and earth. Uh, the recreation of heaven and earth,
1: right.
0: and um, and yes hell is mentioned at the end but but it isn't where the place where people are tortured it's the place outside the city where things that don't align with the new creation go yeah oh that's a totally different thing totally yes. different thing we'll spend a lot more time on that all right now jesus comes in and what is jesus preaching what's his, what's his what's his go-to message Repent or rethink or reconsider your entire way of life because the kingdom of heaven has drawn what? Near. It has come close. Near, there isn't a time word like, like Thanksgiving is near or uh, my birthday is near. Uh, near there is a spatial word. The kingdom hmm. of heaven is close to you. Now, again, notice the direction.
1: So it's not time. It's it's proximity.
0: yes the direction of the biblical story is not us getting out the direction of the biblical story is god coming in all right it's always god coming down always 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 now we can ask rapture great question the rapture as dispensationalists have it is incorrect i could say with uh with 87.9% certainty that's pretty um, good. that's a b plus yep yep i just uh, nope all that is to say, though, that, that the the direction of God's work in the world isn't getting human beings out. It's God coming in. And even, yeah, even you look at the big. presence of God, right? God is walking with them in the garden. Then he wants to walk with them in the temple. Then he wants to walk with them in the tabernacle. Then Jesus tabernacles with them in the flesh. And then he sends the spirit to dwell within us. And then the Bible yeah. ends with God coming down, right? That's the whole direction. This reorients everything. It isn't about me going somewhere else. This is about me aligning myself with the cosmic project that God began in Jesus. Because what Jesus does is first he preaches that the kingdom has come near. So that place where God's will is done is now revealed... In Jesus, if you want to know what, what if you want to know what it looks like when God's will, will is done on earth as it is in heaven, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven, and it's done as a fully human person for reasons that become super important, you know, in the biblical story. Because Jesus, ultimately, the the resurrection of Jesus is, in the words of N.T. Wright, the launch of the new creation project. The crucifixion of Jesus is the condemnation of the old creation. It is the, it is the, it is the, um, the wiping out of the powers and the principalities. It is the, It is the absorption of human evil. It is the vindication of the way of Jesus living in the old world. But the, the resurrection is the first bit of new creation that bursts forth into the world. And so Jesus, when he's proclaiming the kingdom of heaven is drawn near and he's healing, what he's showing us is what new creation's like. And then when he rises from the dead, right, he has this new creation body where people recognize him but don't always recognize him. He he yeah. eats, but he appears randomly in locked rooms, right? It's just, it's got, and, and it's never explained. Paul yeah. takes a shot at it in First Corinthians 15 where he calls Jesus the first fruit, of new creation, what, what, and this is an N.T. Wright quote, but what God did in Jesus, God's going to do for the whole universe. Hmm. The, the hope of the universe is new creation. Now, uh, hell has a place, but not at all, uh, the place that we've made it and not at all the emphasis we've given it, not even remotely. So the story that Jesus comes telling is the story of new creation. All right. And he calls it the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And that's got an Old Testament backstory that's just absolutely, absolutely brilliant. So the problems with the traditional telling of the story, first, it's all me-focused.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: Um, So it's the story about me. Whether Mike in the great cloud of witnesses is good or bad, right or wrong, right, and whatever, it's very, very, very narrow, very myopic, very selfish, very individualized, very consumeristic right um the second problem is that the the emphasis on hell is way way overdrawn hell is never used to motivate belief um hell is used as a warning to religious people yeah um and so we'll get to that absolutely yeah Raises so many
1: questions because hell is very much used to motivate yep in current climate
0: yep uh, and and uh, as we'll see, hell is, a, is not only a, a future thing, but it's a present reality in the world as well. And that gets attached to wrath too. So the so biggest things, um, God creates the heavens and the earth. The, the heavens and the earth, God was going to live as king over this grand project And he delegates some of his sovereignty as ancient gods would to these image bearers in his temple. And at the center of his temple was a garden, and here are his image bearers. Their job is to work on the earth. Their vocation is earthly vocation, right? This is what Ellen and I have been talking about like crazy. They fail at that vocation. Instead of overseeing the earth and instead of stewarding the earth, they yield their authority to a piece of creation instead. This is what Paul means when he says in Romans 1, right? We worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. And the biggest yeah. problem in the Bible is idolatry, giving our allegiance to something that's not worthy of it. And what happens is that death and sin are powers that are powers of chaos, and they get unleashed in the world. Yeah. And, um, and so Genesis 3 through 11 is the ripples of all of that chaos, right? culminating in the monument to the human project on their own. Right? We will make a name for ourselves. Which is yeah. so ironic because in Genesis 12, God picks a, you know, an old man and he says, I will make I will give you a great name.
1: Yeah. Right? That yeah. so
0: so but Abram was picked <clears throat> to pick up that original vocation. Yeah. So he has him go to the promised land. The promised land all throughout the Old Testament is a stand in for Eden. Right. And the tabernacle, the holies that stand in for Eden, and the whole, most holy place is the stand in for Eden. I right It's this constant referencing to the heaven and earth overlapping. The book of Hebrews is about how the tabernacle and temple were earthly representat- representations of heavenly realities, right? This is the yeah. whole story. Yeah. And so so Jesus comes proclaiming, it's happening. Yahweh has returned to his people and Yahweh return returned to his temple yeah. and Yahweh judges. Now, this is, this is a very important part of the biblical story that we have not yet emphasized in order for new creation to arrive. Judgment has to be rendered. Um, and so the Bible, if you were going to like linearly plot this out, it's like two circles overlapping heaven and earth and then there's some sort of rupture so the, the circles overlap but they're farther apart like in a venn diagram yeah and then there's some sort of judgment the bible is super clear this is a real thing um and we'll talk more about it next episode because the images of the judgment are things like light and fire um or dirt uh and they're really they it's like it's like we we have to tell the truth about the world before it can become new mm um, and so judgment in the Bible is su- is always good news, always. <laughs> right? It is. It's always good news. Now there are times of course it's used as a warning. Absolutely. Yeah. But but like we talked about last week, the reason that early Christians could be patient and not return evil for evil was A, their belief in the resurrection, that the way of Jesus is vindicated in the world, but B, their hope in God's future justice yeah, and even our non-Christian neighbors want this. Yeah. I mean, everybody, our entire world right now on social media and everywhere else is crying out for the truth to be told about the world. Yeah, totally. And so, so of course, of course, when God, when God brings about new creation, And there is fire and there is light and the truth is told about the world. And what's real is actually seen for what it is. And all pretending and pretense is stripped away. Yeah, That has to happen for new creation to come into being. And then all of the things that aren't aligned with new creation go somewhere. God will simply not allow any bit of old creation that doesn't align itself with the new into his new world. Yeah. And so the picture is there's this place outside the city. That's all the detail we get. <laughs> we don't know how long. We don't know what happens. We don't know, you know? Yeah. I mean, there and Jesus uses images like we sh- weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's Old Testament imagery. It's yeah. not just us being tortured. I mean, it, so I just I, I want to just throw out... The idea, and if people are interested in this, um, um, uh, Scott McKnight has done some great work on this. Inti um, Wright, of course, has done some great work on this. Michael Whitmer has done some great work on this. Uh, Timothy Gombas has Who? done has done some work on this.
1: Um, but we'll throw all gonna, those in the we'll throw all those books in the show notes. Yeah, you want to
0: start with Surprised by Hope. Okay. By N.T. Wright,
1: and it, and it's
0: it's a relatively thick read, um. But as he, does. as he does, yes, even his popular, you know, writings are still you know still a handful. Um, but there's a whole bunch of scholarship that sits behind this, and that has been the problem. Was I just never knew about it? I was taught yeah the traditional framework, and the dispensational end to the story, which is. Uh, that the thing's going to burn we're raptured out and you don't want to be here when God really unleashes his fear in the world
1: and yeah I mean it 's a similar conversation to the um like why um, it's just the loudest people the loudest people are the ones that are getting heard and the loudest mm-hmm. people tend to be screaming out this message of exclusivity you know like you got to buy a pass to get into this concert and the pastors are selling the passes and you don't qualify for getting in there unless you have purchased it but then to know there's some of these really smart you know super intelligent wise people that have been talking about this for a while but they're just not the ding dong screaming it screaming their take it's it's frustrating because well you realize the how much
0: the dispensational theology that i was taught in seminary is not only wrong but has done so much harm So much. Yeah. Theology actually ends up mattering a great deal. Not in a salvific (laughs) sense. Like we don't pass a quiz to get a new creation. And isn't it fascinating? This is what's so interesting. That just made me think of this. Paul, when he talks about salvation in 1 Corinthians, he says, we don't look at each other anymore from a worldly point of view. And then he says, if anyone is in Christ new creation has come hmm. and so so the idea is Jesus is the first bit of new creation and then those found in him their job they they are the ones who are to begin to pick up the vocation given to Adam and Eve the vocation given to Israel the vocation given to the uh, disciples and apostles that we are bearers of new creation, and so think about what all that means. In new creation, there will be people there from every tongue, tribe, and nation. So we worry about racism and we worry about social justice. Yes. In new creation, and just this is straight from Jesus: people were healed, people were fed, people were cared for. Right. And so we're ambassadors of that. It's not like we're doing. That's not like. That's not like saving. We're there's this old thing that you can either save souls or you can feed the hungry and that's that's so anti-christ to they they, they go together and our job by yes. the way isn't to save souls yep, our job exactly. by the way is to usher and and witness to new creation and um and that's where gombus has been so helpful right in talking about yeah the the whole evangelization thing has done a great deal of harm too
1: yeah, I remember being in high school and getting in an argument, and I didn't know—I'm don't. i not even claiming I know anything now, but I definitely didn't know anything then. <laughs> and we were going to do a homeless thing, and they were, we were, they were talking about the evangelism tangent of it, and I was like, talking about feeding the homeless because we're called to or because it's what Jesus says to do and it's part of the evangelism. And I was like, but should we not be feeding them because they're hungry? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, we, everything's got that. Do we need, do we need another reason? No, exactly. So, isn't that enough? Like, if we're, if these are our fellow image bearers, you know, and those are not terms I even knew then. No. um, Would we not just because they need, would we not give? Right. Right. So, yeah. And this, there's so I mean, many tree branches that branch every little thing that you're saying. There's like a whole tree of branches that are that pop off of it. They're like, oh, uh, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Lots of lots of tangents to pursue. Yeah.
0: And they and and uh, I mean, the great news, my friends, is um, this is all in there. This is it. You know, this isn't like just making stuff up. Um I mean, just read read the book, and ask yeah. yourself is the is the biblical story a story about heaven and hell? And the answer is not even remotely, not even close, not even close. Read the speeches in Acts. Read the evangelistic, although they're not evangelistic, they're pro, they're proclaiming to Israel. Um, although Paul has one too, Athens it's pretty go, That's pretty cool. We, want, we might call evangelistic, but. Um, there's a, there's, there's just no, they don't tell the story the way we tell the story. And and the reason is you can't monetize the new creation story. You can monetize the hell story. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Um, and and I, I'm saying that hyperbolically, but how much um, fear contributes to the pocket linings of Absolutely. the great the great church institutions. You know what I mean? As you really to- can
1: see it, like the money-driven, the consumer aspect of, I have what you need to not burn. Right. But you have to keep coming here to get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me want to puke.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, it really makes me is. so
1: frustrated.
0: Yeah. And... Uh, and- the danger, of course, is to say, "Oh," and this was what our friend Kevin was saying: "Was how does how does not how does this not just become a new old story?" Right. You know what I mean. And um, you know, is this just a long line in the latest? Oh, here it is. We've really found it. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was my question a long time ago. I think we referenced it like before I was even <clears throat> working on here, and you and Kevin. Did an episode reacting to a question that i had had about like um reconstruction and is it if it's just a lineage of deconstructing whatever we previously reconstructed is that all we're ever gonna do is just continue you know what i mean like where do you bi- where do you put your your weight in your where's the foundation if we're constantly learning new things tearing it down and rebuilding a new one yeah you know what i mean it's, yeah. it feels there's a similar like um there's a similar concern or worry that, um, you know, you're, you're polishing a, another version of the same. Yeah. But I don't know. All right. So is this, I don't want to ask questions that you have pushed. You have no go for for the the next ones. Well, I mean, no, there's lots of, okay, well, I'm, I'm just kind of a brain stew (laughs) right now. My mind is like, you know, I was trying to play all this out, and again, I'm trying to peek behind the curtain and see, you know, what is what. You know, just being so close to feeling like I understand something more, or I don't know. Um, okay, so this all has obvious implications for sin, uh, how it is defined and how it actually relates to the narrative and i feel like definitions are going to be as important as context and translation at this point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll do a whole we'll do a whole thing on that. Yes.
1: Okay, okay. Okay. And then and then, you know, judgment also because of the obvious relationship that it has to sin, etc. and and then the role that it plays in this narrative. That's next week. No, but go, 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 go. Okay, okay. So I'll just, I'm going to save those questions. I'll put a pin in them uh, for for the next couple weeks. But just a quick one as it relates to what we're talking about now. Um, In the past, I think you have talked about judgment as like, like judgment on sexual sin is not God hating like, or God punishing you for having sex the judgment ha- often happens in the ramifications of yeah that's right the sex itself and i think there's so much in that like um so many of us have felt the judgment or the wrath or the uh ramifications of making poor decisions and that's right. not necessarily god punishing us that's just the result of right and then, and so pollution becomes the environment like we talked last week becomes a really good example of that the more you continue to pollute and be lazy with how you treat and use the earth, the more the earth becomes ill and has storms and ramifications and that pollutes and pollutes us back. Exactly. <clears throat> so that's not God coming in and being like you threw your trash on the ground or you drive cars that spit out a bunch oh. of things. That's the actually, the, that's just how this piece of creation reacts to being abused. That's right.
0: That's right. So there are all of these different ramifications, uh, yeah. and and again, I mean, there's such there's a lot of nuance that still needs to go in here, um, and I realize there are verses that say this or this, uh, and and we have to deal with those, of course. But if you if you didn't have the Protestant Reformation, and you didn't have those categories. This is a Francis Chan would always say this, and you just picked up your Bible. Would that would you come away? <laughs> <laughs> with just reading the Bible and now having it translated so that you can understand it. Right. <laughs> would you come away with that to say, yeah, this story is about my individual soul going to heaven and hell. You would not, you would not. Yeah. That's, that's not to say judgment is real. It is, or that hell is it real. It is all those things are real. No question. But I think they've been so warped in our individual legal framework yeah. that we're unable to see both the deep beauty and the deep terror. Hell is far worse than what we imagine, right? Being tortured by the devil. Hell is hell is um hell is hell is, it seems, and I have no idea what happens, but if if you're sitting outside of everything that is good and true and beautiful, I mean what's what's your word for that? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't I, and I don't even know. I don't know if people can come back into the city The, you know, somebody like Rob Bell makes a, a big point to say, well, the 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 gates of the city are still
1: open. Yeah. And Bradley Jersak when we had him on, yes. he was the one that really rocked me on trying let I'm still parsing through a lot of the stuff that he brought up.
0: Yeah. So so it's not a settled deal about what's happening there. But I don't think it's just a metaphorical picture either, right? I do think Jesus warned us about something, particularly those of us who are religious. <laughs> absolutely. But if, if for me, so what new creation does for me is it, is it is refiltered absolutely everything I do as a follower of Jesus away from moral categories of right and wrong. Right. And instead focused on what is aligned or not aligned. Right. So, um, and, and this is what Jesus has given us in the Sermon on the Mount. Right. The in the new creation, we're not objectifying each other anymore. We're not holding each other in contempt. We're we're not breaking our oaths. We're using words with integrity and power. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not we're not having a differentiation between our public and our private selves. Right. And so we're we're <laughs> my life now is anticipating what's already happening. And what's already coming. So resurrected life, eternal life, to use John's language, that is a kind and quality of life that's now. That's absolutely now. And the reason I care about sin and holiness isn't because I've got a fickle God up there keeping score. And, you know, I'm going to get a crown with three stones instead of a crown with five. Uh, it's that I'm fully convinced, and I try my kids and I have this conversation all the time because for them, following Jesus is a list of don't things. Right. And for me, follow. I'm convinced because I've I've lived my own way for my own self in my own power. I'm actually convinced following Jesus is the best way to be human. Right. Which is what the new creation project is that right. hu, that resurrected humans rightly related to their creator, to each other, to themselves, and to the world. Pick up a vocation that we, of course, we can't help. Humans invade anywhere and we build culture. We just can't help it. This is what we do, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea that a whole universe could exist for that. um, And I don't, I don't, I have no idea what new, I mean, the images we get of new creation are things like um, God telling Israel, you will plant vineyards and enjoy their grapes you will build homes and live in them you will enjoy uh the fruit of your labor okay and maybe those are just metaphors and images that are um important to an agrarian society but there's another sense of they're they're just very human endeavors right that that under the curse in genesis 3 work became toil i was just gonna Uh, ask that yeah Right. And that that there's something in us in the new creation that will continue. And then here's the mind-blowing part, Tim, at least for me. Some of what we do now makes it into the new creation. That's part of what we're going to talk about next week. Okay. And so all of a sudden you have you have pictures of work that we do here that survives in the new creation. And I, I have no idea what that means.
1: Huh? I don't want to be a teacher in the new creation.
0: That work will not survive, Tim. <laughs> I think we can I think we can, both, we can rule out this podcast, my teaching, oh. maybe your grading. I don't know. Um, I don't know any of that makes it into new creation. But the, the fascinating thing is that's such a different question to ask.
1: Absolutely. Then
0: yeah. do I get rewards in heaven?
1: All right, so we have a three-part series. The takeaway from this one, sum it up for us.
0: the The biblical story, story of heaven and earth, not heaven and hell. Yeah. And the story and and the the hope. The hope in that story is new creation. The hope is not heaven. Yeah. As as NT says, the
1: stage for going into the rest of it.
0: Yeah. Next week, I think we'll talk about judgment. That there has to be an accounting, uh, um, um, uh, and and the biblical images, like I said, are really cool and interesting that are used for this. And then we'll talk about what sin is, and ultimately then what salvation is. What is Jesus rescuing us from? What is he rescuing us to in this accounting? In the old accounting, he's rescuing us from hell into heaven. Now we're saying, well, the biblical story is bigger than that. So what's he rescuing us from and what's he rescuing us to? Yeah. Anywho, oh, another good book. Uh, This one is is much easier to read than N.T. Wright. It's called The Skeletons in God's Closet, I think, (laughs) by Joshua Ryan Butler, I think. And um, he's got a chapter on hell, or he's got several chapters on hell that channel some N.T. Wright stuff in a really
1: good, accessible way. All right. You're we'll right. put that in there, too.
0: Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if somebody said to me, how do I become a Christian? Mm-hmm. Well, it, in the old story, I would have said something like, well, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, your sins are forgiven, you are restored to right relationship with God, and then you are... Um, kind of permanentized in an orientation of life that leads you inev- inevitably to heaven or the reverse um if someone were asking me now okay how do i become a christian i couldn't give a 30 second answer like that yeah i'd have to i'd ha- want to tell the story of creation um uh fall redemption and restoration right i'd i'd have right. to and and then I'd have to show how Jesus fits into that and how the crucifixion fits into that and how the resurrection fits into that and then how the invitation for us is to be new creation now.
1: Which is so beautiful because the, the way you just described it is completely communal. It's not a tract. It's not like a... It's not just... Right. This, so the church,
0: you know, what is the church at its best? A bunch yeah. of old creation people who are embracing new creation and finding their way into new creation habits and patterns. Who right? are always We're always
1: mid journey and in inviting other always, people into that journey.
0: And that's why the church sucks so much is because <laughs> it doesn't come automatically. We have to work it out. Yes. And so so and the only way to work it out is with people that you don't like and the people mm. that agitate you and people that aren't like you. That's the only yeah. way to work out new creation because in Was new last creation week patience. Right. Right. Right, exactly. So so the church becomes indispensable in, in this telling of the story, where on the other telling of the story, it's just the place where we practice, you know, what we'll do forever, which is sit in a worship service. Here, <laughs> church is not a building or an event or a worship teaching show. The church is the people and the place where a new creation is being practiced. So that's why we tell the truth in church. That's why we worry about race in church. And we worry about gender in church. And we worry about inclusion and exclusion in church. And that's why we worry about poverty and injustice in church. These are all gospel issues. Why? Because they're human issues. And what God's intention is, is to restore human beings into the community that he originally intended them to be and to have. And so um, in the same way that Adam... And Eve and Israel were given instructions about how to bring and witness to shalom. That same thing's true with us. When I read the epistles of Paul now, I don't read them as individual moral mandates. Hey guys, no course joking. Hey guys, 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 stop sleeping around. Guys, No getting drunk. Guys, what I, what I read that of is Paul saying, these are things that are not congruent with what it is the church is meant to picture right? And represent. And so the church, I mean, and and, and evidently God takes this super seriously because he even says in 1 Corinthians 11, hey, you guys, you are so violating what communion means that some of you are being judged because of this. Right. Right? Yeah. And and so Paul, even, I mean, Gombus just did an episode on, and I'm going to channel him because I've actually read, he did a journal paper on this, and that's how I discovered him years ago. I kind of discovered Gombus. I don't know if anyone knows that, but it's kind of my, <laughs> you know, not Bonnie. Um, but the, the household codes that are given to wives and husbands and children and slaves were given to churches, not nuclear families. Yeah. It just, it reconfigures the whole stinking thing. So Tim, I love that you're wrestling with, well, well, I don't even know how to put questions into questions. Yes. We just want to keep marinating because this, lastly, totally reconfigures how we think about politics, right? Mm-hmm. The Sermon on the Mount and how our political understanding of that we embody a new polis, that we are political, that fits into this and why it's so important that we fight for the purity of uh, nonpartisanship in the church. Um, um because what the new creation will be political, absolutely, but it won't be partisan. And so we practice that here. We practice, you know, disavowing all of those other identities and debates and ways of demeaning and dividing. And we embrace the table and the identity that comes therein. And then we practice what it is to be a church full of brothers and sisters who disagree on a whole heck of a lot together. That's how, that's how we, you know, we actively work in bringing about new creation. New creation isn't Republicans taking the bread in the cup with Republicans, right? Because, I mean, what's Paul want? Paul says Jesus died to give us a new humanity, a new humanity, making the two groups one. And so new creation isn't Republicans taking the bread in the cup with Republicans or Democrats taking the bread in the cup with Democrats. That's nothing. Tax collectors do that. New creation is when illegal immigrants and uh, Trump supporters and um, um, Al-Qaeda members and um, uh, 9-11 survivors, right? I mean, that's new creation. When people who are naturally enemies and every other way of categorizing the world, when those people set aside their natural animosity to embrace something bigger, that's new creation. That's new humanity. So that's what we're fighting for. And only the table, I think, is big enough to pull us to that.
1: Yeah, that's um, a really good it, image.
0: Every other every other way, I mean, I like these songs or I like this style of worship or I mean nothing's big enough. No sermon is good enough. Nothing's big enough other than the table, I think, to kind of pull that out of us. But my yeah. goodness, it's hard and it takes so much practice. And that's why church service is never enough. Yeah, totally. How could you? How could you do this? At passively attending an eighty-minute talk and music show.
1: Yeah, you know inside inside walls and closed doors, and then going out and
0: yeah, at a set time every week.
1: Yeah, and then being rebuked if you don't show up enough.
0: I mean, come on. Right. Yep. How silly is that?
1: Very. No, that's a good image to end on. I'm definitely you say marinating, and I'm marinating in like a whole brain stew.
0: Oh, I love this stuff, dude. It makes, it's changed for me. And I'm still, I'm such a neophyte and I'm just channeling people smarter than me. But it's changed the way I see every bit of my Christianness. Totally. You know, how I see prayer, how I see money, how I see sexuality. Um, and so on these old accountings, I mean, think about how you approach sex from a new creation perspective as opposed to an mm-hmm. old creation perspective, right? Or you approach money or whatever. And because um, we start all those stories with Genesis 3, all of them start in Genesis 3. Um, and then they go straight to Romans. And then from Romans, they go straight into whatever, you know, probably 1 Corinthians and all the teaching against sexual morality, And that's Gosh. it. Even just that
1: opens a bunch of questions. Just that last little piece. <laughs> yeah. Yes yes oh anyway all
0: right vox family soon to be renamed (laughs) oh what an honor what an honor it is you don't even know what an honor this is (laughs) to do this together and you know people like ellen and so many i mean just are so helpful in clarifying and pushing So we love it. We love all of it. And we love that there are geeks out there who are digging into this stuff because they realize how transformative it is. And there are people out there who don't buy it. I mean, we get so many emails from people who say, while I don't agree with everything, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Right. How wonderful is that?
1: No, I'm very thankful. This This podcast enables me to wrestle openly and learn so much. So me too makes me very indebted to the people that support it yeah yeah me too this is amazing
0: so as always love your feedback and appreciate all of your support you guys are awesome and we'll continue this next episode until then friends get right or get
1: left Thank you for listening to this conversation. The Vox Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is supported by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at patreon.com/voxpodcast. You can also engage with the hosts on social media at facebook.com/voxpodcast, on Instagram, at Fox podcast and on Twitter at Mike Erie. Thank you for walking this road with us.